Hi, and welcome to the Living Room Scripture Lessons. My name is Brad Constantine, and this podcast series is going to be about the book of Genesis. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to, to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. If you're interested in a deep analysis of the book of Genesis, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy what you hear here, and if you have any questions, you can share, link, and subscribe. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Genesis podcast. This is Brad Constantine, and this discussion is going to be on chapter 9 of Genesis. So my question to begin with is, what's the purpose of the rainbow that God puts in the sky? And uh, we'll talk about that toward the end of the lesson here today. So be thinking about that. All right, chapter 9, verse 1. Now, I'm going to be reading from the Joseph Smith translation, which changes a lot of the verses Uh, from the King James Version. So if you're following along in the King James Version, you're going to notice a lot of differences, and that's because it's from the Joseph Smith translation. All right, verse 1. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish or fill the earth. Now this the Hebrew uh, for replenish is actually to fill the earth. So it wasn't to refill the earth, but to fill it. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth. So the enmity uh, that was had... Uh, after the fall is now going to be again. So it sounds like maybe during the time that the animals are on the ark, there wasn't the enmity between animals and beasts so that everything was at peace, so that the lions weren't trying to eat the lambs and so on. And upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth, and upon all the fishes of the sea, into your hand are they delivered. Every moving thing that, that liveth shall be meat or food for you, even as the green herb have I given you all things. But the blood of all the flesh which I have given you for meat, shall be shed upon the ground, which taketh life thereof, and the blood ye shall not eat. In other words, the blood is the mortal part of our bodies. That's that's the corruptible part. And they're commanded here not to eat the blood. Verse 5, And surely blood, or your life blood, shall not be shed only for meat, to save your lives, and the blood of every beast will I require at your hands. In other words, you're going to be responsible for those animals that you kill. If they're not for meat, then what are they for? If it's just for sport, then that's not a good usage of the animal. Uh, if we're going to do it for food, then it should be out of necessity, not just uh, because we, we want to. Uh, verse 6, And whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. In other words, capital punishment is instituted here. For man shall not shed the blood of man, for a commandment I give, that every man's brother shall preserve the life of man. In other words, we need to be caring for one another to the point that we're helping each other, so that if there is somebody's life who's in danger or being threatened, we need to step in and help. For in mine own image have I made man. Verse 7, And a commandment I give unto you, Be ye fruitful, and multiply, bring forth abundantly on the earth, and multiply therein. And God spake unto Noah and to his sons with him, saying, And I, behold, I will establish my covenant with you, which I made unto your father Enoch concerning your seed after you. And it shall come to pass that every living creature that is with you, of the fowl, and of the cattle, and of the beast of the earth that is with you, which shall go out of the ark, shall not altogether perish. So all the animals that were in the ark are going to survive. Uh, Verse 11, Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood, neither shall there there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And I will establish my covenant with you, which I made unto Enoch, concerning the remnants of your posterity. And God made a covenant with Noah and said, 
this shall be the token of the covenant. In other words, the rainbow that he's going to put in the sky here. I make between me and you and for every living creature with you for perpetual generations. I will set my bow in the cloud and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which I have made between you, between me and you and every living creature of all flesh and the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. In other words, there will never be another flood again like there was with Noah. And the bow shall be in the cloud and I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant which I made unto the unto thy father Enoch that when men shall keep all my all my commandments <clears throat> Zion should come again on the earth the city of Enoch which I have caught up unto myself and this is mine everlasting covenant that when thy posterity shall embrace the truth and look upward then shall Zion look downward and all the heavens shall shake with gladness and the earth shall tremble with joy and the general general assembly of the church of the firstborn shall come down out of heaven and possess the earth and shall have place until the end come and this is mine everlasting covenant which i made with thy father enoch and the bow shall be in the cloud and i will establish my covenant with thee which i have made between me and thee for every living creature of all flesh that shall be upon the earth so this uh, verse in um, verse 16 from the joseph smith translation adds a lot about the city of enoch that it will return to the earth um, around the second coming. Verse 17, And God said unto Noah, This is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and thee and all for, all flesh is, for all flesh that shall be upon the earth. And the sons of Noah that went forth of the ark were Shem and Ham and Japheth. And Ham was the father of Canaan. These were the three sons of Noah, and of them was the whole earth overspread. In other words, from these three come all the families of the earth. And Noah began to till the earth, and he was an husbandman, and he planted a vineyard. And he drunk of the wine, and was drunken, and he was uncovered within his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of, the, of his father, and told his brethren without. And Shem and Japheth took a garment, and laid it, and laid upon both their shoulders, and went backward, and covered the nakedness of their father. And they saw not their father's nakedness. And Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger his youngest son had done unto him. And he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. All right, now this, uh, this section that we've just read here about Noah being drunk is a little bit uh, not, not easily understood. There's probably some mistranslations here, so we need to go through some of this here to figure out what's going on um, to understand the narrative here. Um, <clears throat> So let me just read you a couple things here from um, from Hugh Nibley. And the question we need to ask is, why would Noah curse Canaan when it was his father Ham that did the deed? Why was um, why is he cursing the son and not Ham himself? Hugh Nibley said, Nimrod, in other words, um, Nimrod claimed his kinship on the ground of victory over his enemies. His priesthood, however, he claimed by virtue of possessing the garment of Adam. The Talmud assures us that it was by virtue of owning this garment that Nimrod was able to proclaim or to claim power to, to rule over the whole earth and that he sat in his tower while men came and worshipped him. The apocryphal writers, Jewish and Christian, have a good deal to say about this garment. To quote one of them, the garments of skin which God made for Adam and his wife when they went out of the garden and were given after the death of Adam to Enoch, hence they passed to Methuselah and then to Noah, from whom Ham stole them. 
as the people were leaving the ark. Ham's grandson, Nimrod, obtained them from his father, Cush, as for the legitimate inheritance of this clothing. A very old fragment recently discovered says that Michael disrobed Enoch of his earthly garments and put on him his angelic clothing, taking him into the presence of God. Incidentally, the story of the stolen garment, as told by the rabbis, including the great Eleazar, comes calls for an entirely different rendering of the strange story in Genesis chapter 9 from the version of our King James Bible. They seem to think that the, the Irwath of Genesis 9.22 did not mean nakedness at all, but should be given its primary root meaning of skin covering. Read thus, we are to understand that Ham took the garment of his father while he was sleeping and showed it to his brethren, Shem and Japheth, who took a pattern or, or copy of it, or else a woven garment like it, which they put upon their own shoulders, returning the skin garment to their father. Upon awaking, Noah recognized the priesthood of two sons, but cursed the son who tried to rob him of his garment. And that's from Lehi in the desert by Hugh Nibley. Therefore, although Ham himself had the right to the priesthood, Canaan, his son, did not. Ham had married Egyptus, a descendant of Cain, and thus his sons were denied the priesthood. And so it's kind of a weird uh, thing here. It sounds like uh, Noah was drunk from wine, uh, but it sounds like what happened here is that uh, Ham tried to take off or did take off the garment of his father uh, to use it, and then the brothers uh, made copies of it so that they would have a, a replica or a facsimile of it for themselves. But because Ham had taken it in the first place, I guess that's why he was cursed. Verse 26, And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant, and a veil of darkness shall cover him, that he shall be known among all men. God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. And Noah lived after the flood 350 years, and all the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. So not, Noah is 950 years old when he dies. Now let me go back and read about the, the ark, or the bow, that's set in the sky and its purpose. We know that it's a purpose, a reminder that there's a covenant between God and man, that there will never be a flood again upon the earth. But let me just read you a couple things here from Joseph Smith. The Lord set the bow in the cloud for a sign that while it shall be seen, seed time and harvest, summer and winter shall not fail. But when it shall disappear, woe to that generation, for behold, the end cometh quickly. He also said, I have asked of the Lord concerning his coming. And while asking the Lord, he gave a sign and said, in the days of Noah, I set a bow in the heavens as a sign and token that in any year that the bow should be seen, the Lord would not come. But there should be seed time and harvest during that year. But whenever you see the bow withdrawn, it shall be a token that there shall be famine, pestilence, and great distress among the nations, and that the coming of the Messiah is not far distant. So the purpose of the bow serves two things. One, looking backward, that God has promised that he'll never... Um, cause that to happen, cause the flood to happen again for the entire earth. And it's also a sign to us that as we, when we don't, if we don't see the, the bow in the sky, then we know that the, the end or the second coming is, is rapidly approaching. I bear testimony of the truth of these things and that as we understand uh, some of these passages and especially the Joseph Smith translation, which helps us understand it better, uh, that we might gain a better understanding of the, of the uh, book of Genesis. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. If you like this, you can share it and uh, let your friends know about it. Thanks. Bye.